This is Podco Media Networks. It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Demystifying Data. This is your host, Chris Clegg, and today I'm going to talk about ranking and diagnostic reporting techniques. Now, this is a, a style of reporting, or really a reporting mind frame, that's going to allow you to go into a data project with confidence that you're going to know what to do with the results when you have them. Because it's so common for us to go into any data project where our mind frame is one of you know, let's just collect everything that we can think of. Let's get that data into a database. And then when it's all done, uh, I can give that data to an analyst or I can look at it myself and figure out what to do with it. And we'll try to find value somewhere in there. And that's, that's unfortunately a very common approach to uh, data projects. And it results in, I mean, it's understandable because we have anxiety around making sure we're measuring the right kind of things. And we don't entirely know what we should be measuring. And so we're measuring everything we can think of in hopes of finding value later on. And it's it's not the way to do it. You really want to start with an end in mind. You want to have a clear understanding of the decisions you need to make with the data, the information you need to make better decisions, and then how the data is going to give you that information. And when you see those things laid out, you're going to be able to ask metrics and, and or get data on metrics that matter. And it's going to be a much more efficient and, frankly, much more easy and, and actionable process overall. And one way to do that is with ranking and diagnostic reporting. And so what's ranking and diagnostic reporting all about? Well, it's this idea that we have certain things that we have control over, and there's certain ways in which we act on things in business or in life. And and basically, it's how we make decisions and segment those decisions. So, for example, if I am a national director, I may be all about understanding how my regions are performing. Or if I am a website manager, I may be really focused on the opt-out rates or the, the bounce rates based on different web pages. Or if I am uh, an HR director, I may be looking at performance evaluation scores based on employee. And there are these two components to all of those examples. There is the component of an outcome variable or some ultimate measure of success. And then there is the piece of the independent variables or the things that that success is linked to. So it could be region of the country, which might be state. It could be individual employee for the HR example, or it could be the web page for the individual web page for the web page bounce rate example. And in all of these situations, we are ranking something that we have control over or can manage by a meaningful variable. And that's the ranking component of this idea of ranking and diagnostics is first thinking about, you know, what are the things I'm going to be acting on? Am I going to be acting by talking to a regional manager? Am I going to be acting by talking to an individual employee's manager? Or am I going to be acting by looking at and reformatting a particular web page? And that will define the variables or the metrics or the, the things that I, I can manage. And then let me tie 
apply an outcome to that. And based on those things and their performance on this outcome, I can then rank order all of those things. So I can put the regions from highest to lowest in a meaningful way, or I can put the employees from highest to lowest in a meaningful way, or I can put the web pages from highest to lowest in a meaningful way. For example, I could rank the web pages by what has the lowest bounce rate versus what has the highest bounce rate. And, uh, and when I do that, I can now start to look at my spread of things that I could be acting on. And those things that are hovering towards the top, those things that are performing best, those represent best practices. Those represent activities or situations or scenarios where things are going better than average, better than expected. And by me understanding what's happening among that group and why it's performing so well, that's going to be important because those best practices should be communicated and delivered to the other set or the things that are performing below it. And those things that are performing lowest, those things that are very low on my rank order, whether it be people or web pages or regions in my examples here, those are the things that require management attention. Those are the things that require an HR get well plan, or they require a conversation with a regional manager to help shore up whatever whatever the thing might be. Or it requires looking at the web pages that are underperforming because they have a very high bounce rate and figuring out what about those pages are different or unique than the ones that are performing with a better bounce rate so that we can uh, we can improve. And so that ranking is a very powerful tool as managers and, and as that managers use. It's a very powerful tool for stakeholders. And as data practitioners, we either want to provide that for ourselves or provide it for them so that they can act on the data itself. Now, the question is, what do you do? How do you decide what actions are needed? Or, or how do you figure that component of things out? Because that ranking gives you a sense of where some kind of action is required, but it doesn't tell you necessarily what should be done. And that's the diagnostic aspect of this ranking and diagnostic mind frame when it comes to reporting. The diagnostic aspect is a number of metrics which are the indicators or the drivers or the key drivers of uh, that particular outcome. So it includes the things that lead to that outcome. And, and you might know about those things because you've done primary research and through different types of statistical techniques like regression and the like, you've been able to identify what are the items in a model that predicts that outcome. Or it might be common sense. It might be better your understanding of the industry and your understanding of the your job and, and the people that are in your job, and you know what drives one behavior or another. Or it could be best practices for an industry. So there are certain things about a web page that are going to be drivers of bounce rate or not. So where you get those metrics will vary based on the scenario and based on where you are in, in the subject matter. But then getting those metrics starts to become a critical part of stuff. So you want to, so for example, in the HR example, you want to make sure that you are collecting data that is going to serve as a diagnostic information around why somebody's performing high or low. So it could be their performance on particular job on particular job tests. It could be measures of skills. It could be attendance. It could be their the how frequently are they at work on time. It depends on who you're working with and what you're doing. But but those diagnostic metrics are going to start to really fill in the gaps and, and help you understand what is happening. And so what you're doing is you're collecting data all at once. You're collecting data, okay, for these regions, these are the sales, and these are the coupon redemptions for those regions, for example, or these are the, the marketing dollars spent in those regions. You have these, you have 
these, uh, the region as the independent, the sales as your outcome to rank those regions on. And then you have the coupon redemption and marketing dollars spent, media advertising, for example, might be another metric. Those are your diagnostics. And so what you end up doing is from a ranking perspective, you get things rank ordered, and then you look to see those are the performing highest. Of those performing highest, what about their diagnostic measures might be unique? And of those performing lowest, what about the diagnostic measures are unique? And by comparing and contrasting the diagnostic measures among high-performing versus low-performing segments, you're able to start to identify and very clearly unravel what could be happening that's causing some people to be high and some people to be low. And that's the basic philosophy behind ranking and diagnostics as a practice. And let me let me share an example of that, an example of how that's used. And, and I can go to customer and satisfaction loyalty research, and we can look at how consumers reach out to companies for assistance with a question or problem. And when they do that, to what degree are they happy with and satisfied with the response that they receive? And as an example, and probably a good example because it's relatively abstract to to a number of scenarios, it can give us a really good understanding of how ranking and diagnostics are used. And so the let's go back to our call center example, a call center example from a previous episode. In a call center example, you've got consumers calling into a call center for support. And that call center, let's say there could be 15 call centers a company is running. And each call center might be organized around 12 to 15 teams. Um, and within each team, there are probably anywhere from seven to 12 phone reps. And, uh, and so you got seven to 12 reps that are within a dozen teams that are within 15 call centers. And so you've got hundreds of people and all these layers of management. You've got a call center manager, you've got a team leader, you've got individuals. And, and all of those folks are going to be providing support. And then let's say that there's a survey process in place that's measuring recommend intent after a service experience. And so that recommend intent can be used to rank the individuals. It can be used to rank the teams by providing a summary of the individual scores. It can be used to rank the call centers by using a summary of the team scores. And now as an overall manager of the customer service function, maybe the SVP of customer service is looking at all that and they're looking at all the call centers and seeing how they're ranking. And then the call center manager is looking at all the teams and seeing how they're ranking. And the team manager is looking at their reps on the team and looking at how they're ranking. And all that is going to be providing those respective managers with an understanding of top performing and bottom performing aspects of their organization. And it's going to tell them where their time is needed, both time needed with the top performing call centers, teams, or individuals because they represent best practices, or time for the management time for the bottom performing call centers, teams, or individuals because they represent the area where there's improvement needed. And then let's say a part of the data collection also included measures of the call center agent and the things that we know influence customer response and influence customer perspective of how a service or request for assistance was handled. And that may be friendliness of the agent. It could be that the agent was empowered to make decisions. It could be that the agent understood and showed empathy for the problem. It could be that the agent solved the problem, solved the problem on the first contact. So there's all these different metrics that, that can be used to define how an agent did. And when those metrics are evaluated in the context of top performing or bottom performing agents, or when the averages of those diagnostic metrics are used to understand teams or call centers, then it not only tells us where action is needed, but those diagnostics like 
friendliness or empathy or solves the problem or the power to act. Those kinds of measures can help us understand why things were high or low. And so that's the idea of ranking and diagnostics. It's a basic reporting strategy. It's a basic reporting method. But when you have a good understanding of it, and when it, when it is the top of mind, mind frame you're using when you're designing your project, then it starts to become almost academic about what your metrics should be because you have a very clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve. And then your reporting style and how you're reporting and who you're reporting to starts to become very logical and, and lays out very rationally for your organization or your application because you know exactly how those reports are going to be used. And so how frequently you need to give them, who you need to give them to, and how they need to be presented starts to make more sense and become more obvious because you have a clear plan in mind of what those reports are about and how they plan to be used. So uh, hopefully you found this helpful. Hopefully through these episodes and, and specifically the uh, the three data episodes we've we've covered, I think it's episode number nine, episode number 12, and this one being episode number 13, hopefully that's giving you a, some foundational information on how to approach a data project. We talked about in episode nine, the basics of structuring data and different kinds of variables and how, how you do analysis in a way that you can feel confident in. And then in episode 12, we started to dive into a little bit around this idea of management by exception and how to think about what you're reporting in a way that's going to allow a large volume of data to be used and, and reported on in a way that tells you when action is needed. And then in this, this episode of ranking and diagnostics, we're talking about not when action is needed, but where it's needed. So, so is it needed with top performing or lowest performing and how to rank order so you know where action is needed and then using diagnostics to understand what kind of action is important. And so there you go. If you are not a subscriber to Demystifying Data, it's time for you to kind of get on the bandwagon and, and sign up. We want you to get notices about our episodes. We want you to be able to listen every Wednesday when we publish. And so you can subscribe anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Go ahead and, and check that out. And I hope you enjoyed this. Hope you're finding it helpful. And most importantly, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues demystifying data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.